Welcome to the Money Medicine Clinic podcast. I am Dr. Nikki, your host, also known as the Female Money Doctor. If you enjoy this episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, drop me a comment, share it with other people, because that's how I'm going to make sure as many people as possible get the information they need to do better with their money. So with that, let's get on with the episode. And this is the lovely Charlotte. So she's going to be talking to us all about getting prepared for pregnancy. So, so Charlotte, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, hey, so yeah, I'm Charlotte. I run uh, the multimedia enterprise. No, it's not that fancy. Um, uh, it's uh, looking after your pregnancy is what I'm called. Yeah. It started as a blog. So I think that's how I actually met you, Nikki, was as um, yeah and it's kind of like for me it's kind of escalated um from there into um lots of instagram tiktok youtube i had a podcast on the go for a bit but i could never find a quiet moment with me <laughs> <laughs> so that i had to press pause on that um but yeah i i, I am a mum i've got two kids um and yeah i've um yeah i've had to do the whole getting through mat leave and you know making my money last and all of that sort of stuff so yeah I mostly talk about financial education I'm a former maths teacher um and now I've just focused on teaching people how to do more with their money and get the most out of their money and um feel more empowered around making the right decisions for their personal finances yeah brilliant and I think you're the best person to talk about stuff like this because it's all it's all very well and good me saying it but I don't have any kids so I don't actually have any practical experience (laughs) so um awesome right anyway (laughs) get started so we I mean I know it's different isn't it when you are employed and when you're self-employed so perhaps we could sort of separate them a little bit like that so that people can follow along regardless of what their their background is does that sound about right yep yeah 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 it's interesting because I actually had my kids when I was employed as a teacher which is it's not a bad place to you know get some maternity pay and stuff from you if you're state school teacher you know some set of policies and all this sort of thing but oh my gosh my sister she's also employed but in um I don't know who she works for some fancy firm in London um and her maternity deal is so good <laughs> like she i have a nephew now he's 10 months old so my sister is, is currently on maternity leave um so yeah it varies a lot it varies a lot between employers um and it obviously varies between whether you are employed and, and self-employed yeah yeah and, and that, that's a really good point i think the first one is actually knowing what knowing what's going on when if you're employed right so where would somebody yeah. find out what what they're you know maternity benefits are look at your company's maternity policy <laughs> and like I did not do this when I had my first kid I think I was just skipping along with the excitement of the whole thing you know it's like oh we're gonna have a baby is that look gonna be amazing uh, <laughs> um and um to be kind of caught up in the the very um the more immediate impacts and at that time we didn't really have to 
I don't say we didn't have to worry about money so much, but we um, obviously we didn't have another kid at that point. You know, it was just yeah. the one, so it wasn't childcare costs. It was just me and the husband, and then this small human that we were bringing into the world. Um, but when I had my second uh, kid, I was like, right, money is tight now. I've got another one I've got to feed and clothes and all of this sort of thing. So I need to know what I'm going to get when I'm on mat leave. So your your HR uh, or, you know, speak to your boss, whatever, they should be able to provide you with their maternity policy. And this should present your benefits. Now, it could be that your personal benefits you know, like vary between different roles. So, you know, you might need to say, you know, you know, what were the conditions that I signed up with? You know, and it might be something that you could even negotiate when you take a job, you know, not mm. something that I've personally done, but I can imagine that's something that is on, on the table or something that could be negotiable um, when you're, you're taking a new position. So absolutely look at the, you know, maternity policies and you speak, speak to HR. I remember having lots of phone calls with our HR rep and going, so what does this mean? Like they've said that I'll get this much. What does that mean? Um, and, and going through all of that. Now, obviously, if you are self-employed, you do not get <laughs> the benefit of having a person at the end of the phone. You just be like, hello, hello, me. Yes, hello, hello. Like, <laughs> you won't know. Um, but the, the government website will lay out what you could be entitled to. And I think one of the key things, you know, and, and I was going to say this at some point is, you can get you can get maternity um, allowance if you are self-employed, um, or if you're employed but you're not getting or you can't, you don't qualify for statutory maternity pay. Um, you are entitled to to that. Um, I can't remember what the point I was going to make now was, um, but you can oh you can get other things on top of that. So you could get like universal credit, you could get other benefits. So don't think that that might be all that you are entitled to get. You know, look beyond the scope of of maternity pay and benefits as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good tip. So it's like look outside the box, look to see what else might be on offer. Um, yeah. But equally, you could be a self-employed person and have like an amazing business that employs people. And actually, it's different if you can then find someone to cover your role, isn't it? You can actually then pay yourself a maternity, yeah. a maternity package, isn't it? As long as your business can cover the costs. I think that's that's the last thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, know, you might find if you are self-employed that you may be able to do like a reduced amount of work and still be paid. So technically, you go back, but you can work from home a bit. You can do flexible hours. You know, if you're the boss. Yeah then you know certainly in the business that I'm now doing I was gonna say if I was gonna have another kid that is not happening <laughs> definitely never happening um so yeah like um but if, if if my circumstances you know when I had my kids have been like they are now um I would have probably just carried on working but done it in a different way to, to what I do to do like I do now now that my kids yeah. are at school um Somebody said, can I ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, please, please ask questions. And then when when it's a good time, we'll 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 get to them, definitely. Um, okay, so um, so that's kind of like the nuts and bolts of it, really. What what sort of money could somebody expect on so statutory? Like, because that always confused me. I'm I I look at that number again and again and I just can't believe how little it is. But anyway, you can tell us. Yeah, so it's currently 
and I've written this down. Um, it's £156.99 a week yeah. um, or 90% of your weekly pay. And really kindly, it's whichever one is lower. <laughs> so, um, so if 90% of your normal weekly earnings is less than that 157 quid, then you're going to get paid that. Um, and you get that for the last 33 weeks. For the first six weeks, you get 90% of your weekly earnings, which could be more than the statutory mat leave pay, um, or it could be less. Yeah, so it's it's basically six six weeks of almost yeah. your salary. Yeah. Just when you get into the swing of things, and then bang, it goes. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the really key distinction here, isn't it? It's that mm -hmm. if you're thinking about having a baby, just be aware of this. Just be aware of this bit. <laughs> I've heard of midwives and, and nurses and stuff having to use food banks because they didn't know this. Yeah. Even though the NHS is pretty good. So yeah, a lot of employers will have a better package. So I think my sister got something like six months of full pay, um, which is incredible. Wow. Um, I certainly did not get that. I think I had something of like 50% of my salary for the first couple of months uh, and then statutory plus a bit of something. And yeah, um, so it really depends. And that's why you need to be looking at that policy, looking at your benefits and, and all of that sort of thing, speaking to HR and working out what you could get. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important and um, not be caught out by that. And I know, I mean, I've got a gynae background, so I know that like 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. But if you can plan it, if you can start to put together a maternity leave pot for yourself, then yeah. it's going to go some way to help you. not just buying stuff for the baby, but yeah. it's also buying stuff for you so you actually don't have a miserable maternity leave and you can actually enjoy yeah and I think I think this is this is the thing I think most people not everybody because we obviously see these stories on the internet about people who go to the toilet and then they have a baby but most people get a fair bit of warning uh, until the the baby actually arrives and and the majority of people will work you know quite safely and comfortably during pregnancy i think i worked up to about 38 weeks or something like that so yeah um yeah you can you can continue to work um during pregnancy and earn money so there are some things so i was like wait a minute where was the thing there was so there is a particular date um and let me see if i can find the rules about this because it's when your maternity pay is calculated so you were talking about you know working in the nhs so um i have friends of mine who are um midwives for example and they tried to maximize the pay that they would get so the pay for your maternity leave is calculated based on your average earnings in the eight weeks before the qualifying week. Okay, bear with me. And this is 15 weeks before your due date. Yep. So essentially what you want to do is that on the kind of like the 17th week up to the 25th week of your pregnancy, you kind of want to work as much as possible because they will take the average of those earnings to calculate any, your, you know, your that 90% of your weekly earnings will get calculated based on that. Any additional benefits will get calculated based on those figures um so you know if you can do a bit of extra you know, a few extra shifts take up a little bit of extra work do a bit of overtime in that period of your pregnancy and actually it's one of the better times for a lot of people yeah. is you know, that 
sort of second trimester of pregnancy. Um, so if you can do a little bit extra, um, yeah, that's those are the eight weeks that you want to be doing it in. Um, obviously, check your policy about this. There might be some you know, different rules, but generally it's those eight weeks. So you can then, as a result of that, potentially increase the amount of money that you get from your employer in addition or, you know, increase that 90% pay if you do extra in those weeks. So even if you, you know, surprise baby, uh, <laughs> you know, you still, there's still some things that you, you can do to improve your financial position. And I think that that's probably a, a really you know, good one um, and one that not many people know about. So yeah, if you can work on those eight weeks and really up your, your pay, um, you could be better off. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good tip. I didn't know that one. So it's, um, yeah, so those eight weeks, second trimester, get on it, get, get the hours in. Get the snacks um, in, just power through. <laughs> exactly. I know you've got well, time now. Get them doing all the stuff around the house for those eight weeks. Exactly. I'm going to be working every weekend. So <laughs> um, I know there was um, some friends of mine who um, basically didn't take any of their annual leave. And yeah. just worked and worked and worked and worked and then took their annual leave when when they were due to have their baby, I think. And then so or they they tagged it onto the end of their mat leave or something. So it meant that they got like so much paid annual leave as well, which I thought was really this is another, another great thing that people can do. I can do it as a teacher because we have fixed holidays. <laughs> but if you're the sort of person that has the kind of job where you can either roll over your holiday, you know, you roll over your annual leave, um, or yeah, you can like group it together. So um, I know some people that have then not taken their annual leave and you're still you you will still accrue annual leave while you're on mat leave so if you if you take nine months off you still got like nine months worth of annual leave that you haven't taken because you've been off anyway um that you can then tag on the end so you know that could be what three weeks off you can then use that to get paid for you know close to another month afterwards or you can consider spreading it out and have like a phased return you know maybe you could go part-time for a bit you know do a couple of days a week and then take annual leave for the other couple of days um yeah. so there are some really creative ways that you can use your annual leave another good one is to kind of take some annual leave in um the kind of last couple of weeks of pregnancy because then your your maternity leave is initiated if you you know if baby comes early or anything like that um so you'll get that annual leave back uh, so you won't have to take it because your mat leave will start um, and then you'll get a little bit of time off before baby arrives without having to start you know, start that clock on on mat leave yeah I think that's really helpful because often we kind of we want to push it to the point where we actually get to that stage of having the baby but then where's your you don't get any time off would you <laughs> there'd be no time it was like work baby <laughs> you know having a baby does not help <laughs> with my eldest I think I took um I think I stopped working at about 36 weeks, mm -hmm. um, which yeah, just because of how it felt with the school holiday. So um, I think I stopped working at that before half term, but didn't start my mat leave until after the half term. So I got like a cheeky bonus week. Um, but then she was like a week and a half late. <laughs> um, and so I had like five, five and a half weeks of just you know, swatted around doing what I wanted to do. And honestly, I'm so glad I did that because basically my life has been a whirlwind ever since. <laughs> Those five weeks and just think, well, that was nice. That husband was at work and yeah, like, I wasn't really doing anything. That's good. It's good times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like chill time for, yeah. No, good. It's hard. It's hard being pregnant. It's uh, 
takes a toll on your body and your mental health as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that might be something I get to look forward to at some stage. But hey, <laughs> I don't, it does not look easy at all. <laughs> so um, that's kind of like prepping yourself. Is there anything else? Um, I suppose paternity leave we should cover as well. If you know, making sure that your partner does exactly the same thing that you've just been doing, talking about. Yeah, check the policies because there are different policies. Um, again, you know, there are rules around when there are like the, the qualifying weeks and what, you know, average payers and the, the different rules and things like this. Because we, I think we didn't quite look into this because my, when I had my second uh, little girl, um, he, he had already gone part-time. So I went back full-time after my eldest and my husband went part-time. And then I... Yeah, then I went on mat leave and he stepped up his hours. But because he hadn't been, he'd only been working part time at the point that um, there, there were the qualifying weeks and whatever, he didn't get his full pay when he was on paternity leave. So it was a, it was like, oh, wish we'd read that handbook as well. And so definitely look into, into those sorts of things. And obviously we've got things like shared parental leave. Um, which is still a relatively new phenomenon but you can you can share that leave so think about how you can do that for the best arrangement for your family um it could be that you know both from a uh, you know a physical health mental health and financial perspective it makes sense for you to share that time off so uh, you know the person you know that's giving birth can you know maybe have the first six months and then you know have another three months where they go back to work or when the money changes a bit they can go back to work and uh you know your partner can can take some time off so i think it's good to kind of step back and look at it from a, a more holistic perspective um and see what you what you can do and when i think at one point i think it was uh with my first kid i actually um my employer said you know Technically, they're not allowed to ask me to come back, but I heard like whispers that they were looking to they'd even have to replace me in the short term because staffing changed and whatever. And so I was all kind of reached out. I was like, maybe we could come to an arrangement here. <laughs> so I actually did some like a work from home thing for a couple of days a week. Um, and and sort of technically ended my maternity leave a little bit early, but was still able to be at home. Um, so you know, there are all sorts of creative flexible ways of working um and i think you know, covid has probably made some of those things more accessible to us now as well yeah definitely i think that the the moral of that is don't ask don't get absolutely just ask <laughs> and if, if people don't like you for it you can just blame it on hormones that's the best bit <laughs> we had to hormones made me <laughs> hormones got me <laughs> Um, so we had we had like a staff questionnaire that went out about um, staff benefits and things, and the, the the company I work for literally is statutory maternity pay. So it's yeah. you get your six weeks of ninety percent, and then it goes down to that one hundred and fifty whatever it is scary yeah. figure. And um, yeah, I, I literally the first thing I put was you need to sort your maternity pay out. This is ridiculous. And they actually responded and said, thank you for feeding that back to us. We are going to take it forward and see if there's anything um, we can do to, to help support you better, um, which is great. So if you haven't got a good policy in your company, definitely feed it back to them. Because, you know, by comparison to other companies, why is it so different? You know, yeah. I get it if you're a small business, but bigger companies, hey, they should be on doing this. And even, even if you're, you know, if you're 
you're not considering this for yourself either right now or ever or um you're watching this and you're maybe um you're not the one that's going to be giving birth like push for changes in maternity policy yes. uh, on behalf of your your co-workers and you know people that may follow follow uh, behind you because it, it benefits everybody if yes. those there are good um good policies in place absolutely happy workers and you know everyone's then more willing to come to work you're not going to have so many people turning you know staff turnover and stuff are you so yeah it's, it's yeah. important and i think you know on that note when you're looking for jobs, you know, if you're thinking of changing careers, and this is something that you're considering in, in your future, look at what they're offering on these days. So I think it's something that's so easy um, to not think about, you know, particularly if you start a job, maybe in your 20s, your early 20s or something, you're not mm -hmm. thinking about kids. But actually, if it's something that you is even a question mark in your future, just check it out, see if it's worth having. Um, and also look at how long you have to be working there to qualify and all yeah. of these other things as well yeah so it's, it's all going to be in your contract before you sign it okay cool so then um there was another thing that came up um in my group around um lgbtq rights mm -hmm. around this and it's a an absolute minefield isn't it i know the nhs have recently just literally just brought out some new guidance for patients and things about getting pregnant um in non-traditional type relationships um so it's more inclusive which is great but finances haven't quite caught up yet have they no no and this this is the thing and i think it's um something that's quite often overlooked so um like for background i like i'm bisexual um i just lucked out and ended up in a straight presenting relationships so this this works out <laughs> and this works out um for me because you know, financially and also biologically having children would have been different if i'd have ended up in relationship with someone someone else okay and then it's that's it's just it's not fair it's not fair you mm -hmm. look at things like the costs for ivf um yeah, artificial insemination yeah, yeah all of these sorts of things mm -hmm. the, the costs that are involved for those um you know in lgbtq plus relationships are far more expensive for those in like i say straight presenting relationships and and the unfortunate thing is you know like you and i can we can sign petitions and we can vote for the people that you know can can make this change um but ultimately what we can we can do most about is, is help people with their finances so i think when it comes to things like saving you know the preparing your finances for starting a family yes that might be different so well you know for myself and my husband it was a lot about the things we've already talked about making sure we'd get the, the maternity pay um having a little bit of savings aside for things like um you know kids stuff <laughs> you know, like all the stuff that kids need you know all of those sorts of things um but if you're if you're in a queer relationship this might mean saving up for like you say fertility treatments um it, it could mean going through a series of um you know making sure your finances are in order for like adoption purposes or if you're considering going down a fostering route you know make sure that you know look at the the criteria that they're going to check around your you know your suitability and um 
your, your financial stability. What are those criteria that you need? And you can do some planning around this. And, you know, I will, you know, it's not something I'm hugely knowledgeable on, but I will support anybody who's going along that journey and signpost you to the sort of places that um, you can go for further help. And I've actually had a company that reached out to me recently um, and they wanted to do um, an Instagram live with me on this exact topic. So I'm really interested to speak to them um, and you, the, kind of bring down some of these almost like, taboo or at least lesser talked about topics that mm. are yeah quite discriminatory in 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 the world of um yeah sexuality yeah. Um, it's just it's, it's it's not fair um but i will certainly help anybody in any way i can to manage the financial side of it and, and obviously use my political power into in form of a vote to um try and make change wherever i can yeah that's i mean that's what it comes down to isn't it these making people aware of it and mm. signing petitions and writing to your MP and but then ultimately you there's only so much you can do and I think there's only so much people have got energy for because it, mm. it is fair and it does take a hell of a lot of energy to make mm. changes so actually do things that you can make changes about yeah. which is making sure your finances are prepared making sure that you've got some savings making sure that you've got all the things in place that you can possibly access um, and look at all the benefits available to you and all that kind of stuff as well so yeah yeah okay and, and it's all all of this comes down to just being as prepared as you can be um with as much notice as you've got um yeah. and yeah it might be different for your you know particular circumstances um but yeah be prepared mm -hmm. reading reading up on it trying to get in the best position that you can is definitely the way yeah. to and definitely shop around for things like IVF and in, in artificial insemination and, you know, because there'll be different clinics all around the country that will have different success rates and different price points. And some of them have even got like clever ways that you can make make small contributions rather than one big lump sum payments. I think in some, you, if you actually are willing to donate some of your eggs, you can get some free treatments as well, or at least heavily discounted treatments, but yeah. you have to be okay with that to somebody in their 40s or whatever that needs that so um yeah i mean it's it's a minefield and even adoption is not easy i mean that's that takes a, an emotional and physical toll in itself because you've got to have the examinations and you've got to make sure that you're mentally well it might take over a year possibly two possibly more because you've had covid <laughs> you know who knows and then you've got to even look after a child that might have had problems so yeah, yeah. a lot involved isn't there absolutely yeah involved and it disproportionately affects people in those relationships so Absolutely. i think there's just no right answer is there really one of those things that we're we're gonna see you know huge leaps forward in in, in the next yeah. handful of years it's gonna be a drip drip change i hope and i hope we're not gonna go backwards like the us <laughs> um, so um, I, yeah, I hope that the uk um at least continues moving in the direction it has been going um and i hope that it, it speeds up but um yeah we're not there yet unfortunately no exactly okay well anyway so that's pre-pregnancy or kind of at least <laughs> the early stages of pregnancy like getting yourself prepared yeah. um i suppose during pregnancy it's kind of the same isn't it it's just making sure that you're doing what you can to get yourself prepared in a position you know what's going to happen when the baby arrives yeah. maybe having a plan just in case it comes early little plan if it goes late you know just a bit of oversight and then what 
there's so much stuff out there about oh you should buy this and you should buy that what would you say are like the money wasters when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) oh my god narrows it down I don't know what your rules are on on swears here, but the amount of crap that I bought <laughs> for my my first was like it was it was wild. Um, you think you need everything, and it's like oh gosh, it's just overwhelming. You get yeah. like Amazon starts sending you stuff, and then all your ads on Instagram and everything is about baby stuff that you don't need. Um, so. Ultimately, your baby will need clothes. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Like, and then there's just the consumables. It's going to be nappies, and yeah. depending on how you choose to feed, um, it will be, um, you know, you might need formula or you know some some apparatus for for that. Um, for my kids, I didn't need to buy them clothes because they were spoiled by other family members and friends so yes I bought some like a whole load of clothes just in case um and then they got absolutely everyone like clothes are easy for other people to buy so they buy all of that for you um and then we the the, the consumable stuff is um well we, we did cloth nappies which not for everybody um mm-hmm. they, they work great for us so we, we bought that and then we never bought it again. And I was fortunate enough that I was able to breastfeed both of my kids. So we didn't need any of that stuff. There are a few other things that you'll need. You obviously need somewhere for your baby to sleep. Um, I would say, you know, if you're looking at, you know, think about the fact that your baby's going to be in your room probably for the first six months or so. You know, that's the requirements or the, the um, advice from, from the NHS. I can't remember what the exact figures are. I think it's like six months to a year. Um, it's always a lot longer than you think it is. It goes on and on and on. Um, so the chances are you're only going to have sort of like a small sleeping space um, for, for that period of time. So you don't need to go full out on the nursery redecoration. Um, my eldest, we assigned a nursery room, bought like a fancy cot and a changing table and she she literally did not sleep in it once by the time she was ready to go into her own room we moved her into a bigger room um and she never she didn't sleep in her like nursery once so we spent ages decorating that thing um so yeah don't get ahead of yourself and the other thing you might need is things like um things for transportation so uh a car seat um or a car seat if they're going in the car at all you need that to leave the hospital um most of the time um and then you might want to go for a pram we actually didn't really use a pram and we just um we did baby wearing so i'm yeah. so quite hippie right now but actually that was the easiest thing for us to do and it was but i kind of wish we hadn't like bought a pram because spent like 300 quid on it <laughs> and in the end mm-hmm. I just like a 20 quid piece of like cloth that I just tied my kids on with um and it was far cheaper and, and far easier wow okay so that's really good advice then so anybody that's thinking about what do I need to buy most of it you don't need <laughs> you definitely don't need like little duck things that light up in the bath and um like what's well, so here's a ridiculous thing so this could be something that you need and I'm not saying you don't need it but so we bought a baby monitor 
Um, it's a fairly normal thing for people to want to get. And, you know, I'm saying, you know, there are lots of people that will probably need one. We bought one, but our house is so tiny. <laughs> that, like, there was nowhere we could be in the house and not hear a kid crying. Um, so it was like, why did we spend, I think, like 80 quid on this um, thing that we like we were never far enough away from it to make it necessary but like you just have in your head that you're gonna need a baby monitor um you know, just look at your own circumstances and think about what you do and don't need you know if you don't have a car you know do you need all the car mirrors and the, the you know like you probably don't you might still want a car seat if you get a taxi or something like that but you're probably not gonna need all the other accessories um you don't what do you need in your circumstances um not what the internet is telling you that you need yeah and get people to buy as much of it as you possibly can <laughs> on the amazon wish list or something like that. List, yeah. <laughs> there's a special baby one and you get like free stuff from anywhere like they'll send you like a selection of freebies for creating the list you can put it up there and say look these are the things we want um you know the, speak to family members because you know we found that uh, there were members of our family that wanted to get stuff for us um, and actually we were like oh well if you're gonna if you're gonna be spending a bit of money would you mind getting this thing because we will actually use this um and and that was a good way for us to buy some of the bigger um and more expensive things rather than just having piles of clothing and cute little baby socks that always fall off and you yeah. you'd never actually yeah. wear just know the things that are not practical but just look amazing yeah um what was so you, there's loads of like things you can do like facebook marketplace aren't there and and like asking around friends and family like i'm i've not had any kids as i've said and my sisters have two mm. so i'm like right i'm bagsying whatever you don't use yeah or whatever you whatever's left <laughs> as soon as you tell people that that uh you're having a baby people will start offering you stuff um and just take it the thing is with babies is they grow so quickly and they're always changing that most of the stuff um, that you will get secondhand will be as new because they've been used such a small amount of time. And um, I think I saw a statistic, I can't remember the exact figures, but it basically said if we stopped making baby stuff now, um, it would be something like 50 years before we ran out. Like, <laughs> as a planet <laughs> oh my God. and it might even an even more you know massive that it might be more than 50 years but it was something that i remember thinking yeah that makes sense like so much of it can be reused and so much of it is um so lightly used that it could be used multiple times um that, yeah we don't really need to be churning out baby stuff in the way that we, <laughs> that we are I think that's a great tip. It's is that be as sustainable as you possibly can and buy the bare minimum. Let other people buy it for you, and yeah, don't spend your money on loads of stuff. For yeah, and don't get anything you actually like for a baby because they're just going to spit up on it or poo on it. Yeah, I saw a very amusing TikTok video the other day of a woman who'd spent a hundred pounds on her kids' trainers, and she could only afford a ninety p pair of flip flops from, to, from <laughs> Primark. And I'm like, priorities, but okay. I saw that one too. And there we go. <laughs> I'd like that. This is, you know, a lot of my kids' clothes. Um, you know, they pass them down. I've got two girls, so everything that the, the eldest one is going out, I'll go on to the second one. But you know, we have clothes that were like 
the nice clothes because they needed an outfit for like nanny's birthday or something and now they're in the you know only to be worn in the garden pile because you know they've got baked beans or something down the front and we just get that we literally wear that until they have holes in and then I'm chopping them up to use for like you know checking the oil in my car (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like cleaning cleaning something off the windows um so yeah we get maximum use out of our clothing particularly clothing. yeah no that's a good tip as well I like that use it repurpose it wear it out wear it out keep using it wear it out come on um you know <laughs> yeah, i'll become tops because my eldest is so tall um and yeah <laughs> um yeah what was the other thing cutting the feet off of baby growers so that they yeah. keep trousers on yeah all that stuff yeah. If you can, I would recommend having a spring baby because <laughs> then they don't need clothes for like six months because it's too hot. You can literally, yeah. just, it's just baby grows and it's like a, a parasol and then you're good. <laughs> right, so you count back nine months from spring and then you're yeah. good. <laughs> now, now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Planning it properly. And I know um, I had a friend who was a teacher and she said that there were certain times of the year, like September intakes yeah. that people planned for because they wanted the oldest ones. Yeah, they wanted them to be the oldest in the year rather than the youngest in the year. Yeah. And I was like, God, that level of detail. Like, I never <laughs> even have thought that. <laughs> I had that thought and then did nothing with it. Mine <laughs> in March and July. Um, but yeah, March was great. That was great. July was too hot. It was right. way too hot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like absolute cliche of a pregnant woman with my feet in the paddling pool, <laughs> like a wet towel over my head. Leave so. me alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think we've got a little bit more time left um, yeah. for the sort of, is there anything we should be thinking about once the babies come? Like what, what sort of financial things should we be thinking about then? Yeah, so obviously the top tip is just to keep the spending in check. And I will probably say this, and there'll be people that watch this going, oh, that's good, yeah, I will, I will. Um, And then you'll get hung up on all the cute little outfits and the amazing toys. Um, And, you know, like, I'm like, I did the same thing. Um, So, you know, I can't. But, you know, if you can be mindful about it, do. Um, Because it's uh, it can be a, a massive money pit, like, babies are so exciting and you want the best for your kids and it can get really expensive really quickly i actually think i bought a cd of french nursery rhymes for my mm-hmm. car and wanted to like turn my six month old t- <laughs> <laughs> and this is another example of the kinds of pointless crap that i bought for my kids and <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a warning for you but you can also think about um so once baby's here, still think about your maternity leave. So you can do keep in touch days, for example. Um, so most companies will allow you to take uh, 10 days, which are your keep in touch days, which um, you can basically means you can work those 10 days without ending your maternity leave. Now, if you're smart with these, what you can do is then use them to extend your maternity leave. Um, but obviously, you these are these are optional, so you do need to be speaking to your employer about these, and they aren't on top of your statutory pay. Mm-hmm. So, for me personally, what I did was I waited until my nine months, 
you know, was, was up my 39 weeks. And then I discussed with my employer about doing one day a week as a keep in touch day. And what this meant was that I was getting no statutory maternity pay at that point. So everything, I got like a full day's pay to have to pay you for those. Um, and it wasn't, I wasn't having the statutory maternity pay. So if like, um, if you do this when you're on still getting that pay and that's what 157 pounds a week um, and your pay for that week is you know, 160, you do one day and it's 160 pounds, then you'd only get an extra three pounds. Yeah, so yeah. you'd only like, <laughs> so it's not worth doing it. Do it on another day. <laughs> so um, think about carefully about when you can do those. Obviously, if you know you want to just do a load and boost your money and stuff like that, that's great. But you can be strategic about when you take those. It's also worth speaking to your employer because they um, they might not need you in for a full day. So this when I did my kit days, keep in touch days, I didn't have to work a full day to get a full day's pay. So I would say go in for a meeting in the morning or I would, you know, go in and collect some stuff. And as long as I filled in the form, I got a full day's pay. Now, this it, this doesn't work with every employer. This is, you know, in, on a needs basis. But have those conversations um, and see what you can get to maximise that pay at, at the end, normally near the end of your maternity leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you, know, you can think about other things. So um, unfortunately, it's not one for the self-employed people. Um, but if you are, um, if you're employed, you are allowed to do self-employed work whilst on maternity leave. And it doesn't end your maternity leave. So you can pretty much go out. So if you've got side hustle, um, and that's, you know, that's what I, I did when I had, I started looking after your pennies when I was on mat leave with my youngest. And so the money that I was making, it was only a little bit at that point, didn't, didn't mean I was back to work. It was just additional income. So I could have made thousands from that while still getting the statutory maternity pay. And I have a link on my website that links to the government thing that proves this and I'm not making this up <laughs> so it's all there um yeah and, and you know you can use things like your tr personal trading allowance so you can earn up to a thousand pounds uh in a year before you have to um declare that to the tax man and things so you know if you google personal trading allowance you'll see that so you know you can get your side hustle on you can do a little bit of stuff mm. but for me that was great because it kept my mind going <laughs> um and also brought in a, a little bit of an additional income and you know that doesn't you don't have to start a whole business for that you can just do a little bit you know yeah there a few few odd bits and pieces you know as a teacher i was able to do tutoring um and i did that through a website so that was great for me um so yeah, all of those sorts of things. You can also think about things like um, marriage tax allowance. So if you if you're married, um, and actually your income drops below the um, personal allowance, obviously you know this is tax. So you know your personal circumstances, blah blah blah, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, look into marriage tax allowance because you might be able to transfer some of your allowance uh, to your partner um, to reduce their income tax bill. So, you know, if you're looking at the whole family, that might work out. 
Um, and looking at the bigger picture, when you return to work, think about your setup. So what we discovered was that it didn't make sense for one of us to work full time and one of us to work part time. And it certainly didn't make sense for both of us to work full time and then pay for childcare because that was just stupid expensive. Um, so we always knew that it was going to be one of us was going to be at home and the other was going to do a bit of part time. But we started crunching the numbers, obviously, money nerd over here. Um, and what worked out best for us was for me and my husband to both work part time. Um, and what that meant was that we were, I think I, I worked it out and I ended up working two days a week. Mm -hmm. um, but I got something like 60, I think it was 68% of my full-time take-home pay by working two days a week because I was paying less for things like tax, pensions, you know, all these other, you know, student loan contributions. So actually our take-home pay was only cut by that like 30, 40%. Um, and we, we were both working part-time. So we actually ended up with more money by both working part-time than we would have done by having one of us work full-time and one of us working part-time. So it's definitely good to look at the whole situation and what options are available for you there. Um, and yeah, make sure you start claiming child benefit if you are entitled to that. I, I had a, a coaching call with somebody, I think it was like last year, and um, she's got like two kids and she's like, oh, I've still not applied for, for child benefit. <laughs> and I was like, get on it. Like, government are giving it away get your share you've paid in like get it um so yeah all of those sorts of things you can also while you're on maternity leave think about like, if you're in a union for example so as a teacher i was in a union um so i was paying well i think like a, it was either monthly or an annual subscription for that but because i wasn't in school um I still needed them you know just in case but I didn't uh I didn't need the same level so I just rang them up and was like oh I'm gonna be on mat leave can you reduce it and it went down to like a fiver for a year or something like this rather than the I don't know hundreds <laughs> I wasn't hundreds but probably like 70 or something yeah. um so have those conversations as well um think about things like car usage you know if you're not commuting could you potentially you know reduce down to one car or I'm um, going you know, get a cheaper car or something like that um so really look at the bigger picture it's not just about what you can do with your work look at some of the other things that are going going on as well yeah which might make some really good long-term changes for you so yeah. and I think to piggyback off of that is making sure that you're still paying into a pension yes this yeah, I still, had a I still had a pension. Yeah, it's so important for women, especially for women, especially if you're going part time eventually or, or whatever. And it's and if you're claiming, is it the child tax credits? If you're claiming that, you can still contribute towards your your state pension, isn't it? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing is if you um yeah if you decide not to go back to work or something, you don't want to miss out on your state pension entitlements so absolutely look at the arrangements uh, for that because there are you have to claim for it so you have to have to do some work <laughs> yeah yeah so you've got, you've got to think about it but it's it's important because you know pension the earlier you can get started with a pension and the more you can pay into it the better it's going to be for you yeah. in the long term so yeah. awesome all right so i think that pretty much sums it all up pre yeah. during post little bit of after um 
And I know there are lots of things you can then do to help your kids get investing and pensions and things, but I think that would be a talk for another day. That would probably be. A- yeah, I'll have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Please feel free to share this with anybody that you feel needs this right now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Charlotte, for taking the time to speak to us about this from your from your own experience as well, which is really yeah. really helpful. It was littered with like, oh, we did this, we did that. I hope it's helpful. And I think probably the takeaway from this is just to do your research yeah. I mean and, you know like maybe you binge watch one less episode of something and just you know turn that energy to just look in, into um what you can claim what you can get because there are so many other things that you know I haven't mentioned that you you could get like for example local councils do grants is it something called yeah. a short grant you can also get extra support if you have twins and all this sort of thing so there's loads more things out there and this the, the earlier you can start on this preparation you know if kids are even a thing that you're thinking about um just start start putting in the research start thinking ahead and making some plans yeah no that's really really good i didn't even think to ask about twins so my god right where can people come and find you then if they want to find out more more of all this stuff oh i am looking after your pennies pretty much everywhere <laughs> um, so I have a, yeah i have a website looking after your pennies.com i'm on youtube looking after your pennies instagram at looking after your pennies tiktok at looking after your pennies so yeah it should be easy enough you to will find her you will find yeah. her yeah. Charlotte Jessup into google that but i'm there awesome well thank you so much for for the time thanks everybody you take care bye <laughs>